0: Hey guys, I've been looking forward, our team's been looking forward to this weekend for literally months. This weekend kicks off a legitimate game changer for you personally. Like God, I do believe, wants to radically transform your life, grow you spiritually, use you to impact other people. In this next season, God wants to use all of us together in fresh ways that he's never done before. And for literally thousands and thousands of people who don't know Jesus, who don't have hope, who are finding their way in life, who need God's love, their lives will be forever impacted by this coming season we're calling All In. And so uh, we're going to be on, uh, if, on page 10 of your All In books. If you have your All In book, turn to page 10 for the message notes. If you are online, go to visitgracechurch.com slash in where you can find all the information about this season we're in called All In Right Now, including the electronic copy of that book. And so this week, actually, it's a funny story. I had my entire introductory story and concluding story planned out. I had a conversation on Wednesday that torpedoed everything. And I'll tell you about that in just a moment. I uh, kind of had to get over my little mini pity party on Wednesday night, Thursday morning, But I believe God changed what he wanted me to say for this week. And so let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll just talk about what it looks like to be all in with God. Father, I do pray that you would move in our lives. I pray for this season. We prayed delivery for months for every man, every woman, every student, every child, that all of us... We'll take this season and really pray with open hands to you and consider what it looks like to be all in with you, God. I pray your Holy Spirit might move. For those who don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, bring them along, call them by your Holy Spirit to surrender by faith to Jesus Christ who loves them and died for them and is alive right now. Move in our midst in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, um, I'll tell you a bit of the story. uh, And uh, I'm going to start off just with what is all in. If you're new to what is all in, here it is. It's, It's actually a lot of info broken down very simply. All in is something we have not done for seven years. Seven years ago was the last time we tried something like this at Grace Church. It's taken seven months to prep. We've been planning, preparing, praying for you for the last seven months. It takes one minute to present. One minute. And then for the next seven weeks, starting this weekend, we're going to be processing that one-minute challenge. Let me give you the one-minute challenge. This is all in, in a nutshell. You know, following the Lord is asking Him in an increasing manner with open hands what God wants you to do about your career, about your degree, about your, your job, your neighbors, your housing situation, major purchases, and Generosity. Asking God, step one. Listening, step two. Through scripture, through godly counsel, through the Holy Spirit, directly to you. And whatever he says to you, do that. And the more we increase how often we ask God with open hands, listen and do that, the more we grow spirits, the more we follow God. That, guys, is all in. All in is built around this one question. Will you commit Will you commit this weekend to actually ask God about your generosity? Listen and do that. Those same three steps, asking God with open hands about your generosity with your time. Realizing your time is not your time. Those 168 hours each week, that's God's time as a gift. Your abilities are not your abilities. God, what, how do you want me to grow and be increasingly generous with my abilities and your resources. Your net worth is not your own. Your cash flow the next couple of years is not your own. God, what do you want me to do with my generosity, resources, time, abilities? Would you ask God, listen and do that? No one is asking you for a financial commitment this weekend. No one. So let's just kind of dial down the fear and the pressure. I saw some guys reaching for their wallet. Reach for their wallet. Defensive mode. So let's just dial down the pressure. No one's asking for that this weekend, but would you be willing to ask God, commit to actually ask God, listen, and do that? So I've been planning this for weeks. I had this intro story that I think I'm going to share next weekend. And Wednesday night, I got to tell you about Wednesday. So on Wednesday, I was talking to this couple. There's these friends of mine that we're talking about all in. And as they asked a series of questions, it became increasingly clear, clear that these three questions, everybody's going to have. And i got to take this intro story that I had, which is gold and snowplow in the future, and I had my pity party, to be honest, Thursday morning as I'm sitting there going, I don't want to do that. That's extra work. This is good stuff. And God just kept saying, this is the message you got to go with. And so I changed it, dealt with my pity party. Here were the three questions they had. The first question they had was this about all in. What if people say it's about money? Like Tim, I know we had this primary goal of spiritual growth, this secondary goal of funding our vision to change people's lives. But but what if people say that it's just a shell game, it's pasting a discipleship cover on the real heart of getting people's money? My answer to them was, if people say that, it's a free country. They are free to be wrong. You're free to be wrong. Guys, here's the heart of all in. There's two goals. There's a primary goal and a secondary goal. And if you look in your book, by the way, page 42 and 43 actually have the primary goal, secondary goal. The primary goal is your spiritual growth. That all of us with open hands ask the Lord about our generosity, time, talents, abilities, money. Listen and do that. The secondary goal is raising funds to fund our vision to change other people's lives. Money to change people's lives. Let me put it in this perspective. Primary versus secondary goal. If we all do the primary goal, we all with open hands ask the Lord, and God tells all of us, don't change a thing. The secondary goal will not be accomplished, but that's a win. We all actually ask God. The primary goal happened. But if no one asks God, or very few people actually ask God, which is the primary goal... And we all kind of use human wisdom and chip in a little bit extra. And we all hit our secondary goal, which will change people's lives. That is a failure. Because the challenge was a spiritual growth goal. Asking you to ask the Lord what God wants you to be generous with. The primary goal is the goal of spiritual growth, and that is the goal. So if people say it's about money, I guess they're wrong. Uh, here's the second question they asked, me: I thought it was gold. Uh, what about generosity with time? And so uh, these are people that uh, had seen the commitment card. And so we have this all-in commitment card. And if you look at the commitment card for all-in, it's purely financial. And so the question is, I thought we're supposed to be asking God about time and our abilities as well. And the answer to that is absolutely yes. Listen to God about your time and abilities as well. But we ask about your time all the time. Every month we feature ministries. Every month we're challenging you to listen to God about your time. We do this all the time. Very rarely do we ask you also pray about your finances. And we've talked to other people who know about church's stories. That if you ask about time and money at the same time, you'll dilute both. People will focus on just one of the two versus both. And so here, in November... We're asking God, God to move in people's lives to share what God spoke to them about finances, giving to God for December plus the next two years. And keep that in their head about time, because after the Christmas craziness, in January, we're coming back in January to ask you to share what God spoke to you about your time. We're asking about both, reporting the financial in November, time in January. They had a third question, which was this, what if I'm afraid... The guy said this, Tim, honestly, I'm afraid to ask God. And he said, here's the deal. I'm afraid if I actually ask God about my current net worth, my savings, my investments, or ask about about my cash flow for December plus the next two years, I'm afraid God is going to make me sell everything. And then where will I be? So I asked him a question. They've got kids. And so I asked him about his son. I said, hey, if your son was in my office... Asking me, oh, I'm so afraid to ask my dad about money. Because I know if I ask my dad about money, my dad might make me give all my money away or take all my money away from me. I don't know if I should ask my dad about money. I asked the guy, how would you feel if your son was afraid to ask you about finances? Because he's afraid you're going to take away his money. He said, well, I'd be horrified by that thought. I said, why? Because I love him and I would protect him. said, exactly. Your challenge is to believe God is at least as good as you. And he laughed. He says, that's horrible. I said, I know. If you would just believe God is at least as good as you, at least as loving, at least as caring. By the way, he's much, much better. Or at least as good as the best person you know. Then you would say, well, God, you're at least that good. Of course I can ask you. You won't capriciously hurt me and try to rip all the money away and put me in a place of loss. God is a good dad. He loves you. He's like, ah, I get it. Three excellent questions. So in my process, I've been praying about this for several months. Here's the question again. Will you commit? No commitment this weekend. Other than committing that you'll legitimately ask God. About your generosity with open hands, your time and abilities, which you will share in January. Your finances to individuals. But God, what do you want our household to give in December this year, plus the next two years? Like out of our current storage, what you already gave us, our savings, our investments, our collections, out of what we expect potentially to receive the next couple of years, and you listen And you do that. And in the Howie's journey, we've been doing that for several months. And God's been speaking to me about my time, my service to my neighbors. That's time. About my time, my PTO, my vacation offered as a sacrifice. Speaking about my finances to individuals in the service industry, blessing them. And God's even given me a percentage of my annual income that took my breath away. We're still praying through it. But God wants to love you, challenge you, and help you grow. Will you commit to listen? Ask God, listen and do that. Now, let's go to this week. We're in Joshua chapter one. We're calling this week Joshua chapter one, following, all in for the journey. And I'm going to set the stage for Joshua chapter one now. Uh, In Joshua, here's the story: Joshua chapter one. This story happens after 40 years of wandering in the Negev in the south of Israel. And so this is a picture of the Negev. This is the typical campsite of Israel for 40 years. Can you imagine 40 years camped in the desert like that intense? And so for 40 years, Israel had been wandering in the wilderness led by Moses. Moses just died after 40 years. His right hand man, Joshua, which the book of Joshua is named after. Joshua takes over. He's leading them. And now they've arrived, Israel, too many people at the the Jordan River. Here is the Jordan River today. This is the Israel side of the Jordan River where people are baptized. That's the Jordan side of the Jordan River. There's the actual country border right there. If you travel to Holy Land, you can be baptized in the Jordan River as well. That river, which is probably 20, 30 yards right now, in Joshua's day was overflowing. Here is the Jordan River Valley. He's on the east side of the Jordan River Valley. Joshua's where we are. With 2 million people at a brand new final campsite. The Jordan River is down there, but it's overflowing. It's no longer 20 yards wide. It's like a quarter mile to a half mile wide as the Jordan has overflowed its banks. And God is telling Joshua, Your challenge is to get all the people to step out in faith. Every man, woman, and child needs to exercise faith, step across the Jordan River to where God, I want them. This is the moment. We're going to see in Joshua chapter 1, this word all appears over and over and over. All, all, all. What does it look like to be all in with God? What, are you all in with God? How would you answer that? Joshua chapter 1 helps us. Okay, in Joshua chapter 1, to God, what does all in mean? It means, number one, all the people. When the nation of Israel was all in, all the people were all in. When Grace Church is all in, all the people are all in. And we see this, by the way, in Joshua chapter 1, in verse 1, says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying... Verse 2. Now God's speaking to Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people. Don't leave anyone behind. To the land which I am giving them, to the children of Israel. Guys, to God, all in. For the nation of Israel, all the people, every man, every woman, every child, taking that step of faith, once the Jordan was divided, they all, in faith, go all in. What does it look like for a church to go all in? Every man, every woman, every child, with open hands, saying, God, what do you want me to do? And listen. And do that. You see... To God, all in means, number one, it means, it means all the people. Number two, it means all the places God calls us. See, when we go all in, it's not just about us. We're going to grow spiritually. There are people in every single sector that need Jesus Christ. To go all in means all the places God calls us. Where does God call us? He calls us to government. He calls us to the not-for-profit sector. He calls us to the concert hall. He calls us to the football field. He calls us to our schools and to our workplace and to our neighborhoods and to our apartment complexes. And one of us can't go everywhere. But if all of us go where God wants each one of us to go, together we'll go all the places God calls us. And why? People need Jesus in every sector. It's going all the places God calls us. And how do we do that? You and I individually go all the places God calls us individually. That's what he says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land, all the land, every place, Of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Here's the point Israel was called to inhabit all of the promised land, to spread God's news everywhere. And we are called to go all all over our land, to our city, to our states, to our globe, to bring Jesus Christ all the places God calls us. Are you all in with Jesus Christ? All the people going all the places God calls us, number three, all our days. All our days. To be all in means all your days. Now, I have to say this. To do this, you got to forget the past. Because some of us are thinking, I have not followed God all my, all, our, my, all my days. In fact, the guy I was talking to that said he was afraid about asking God about generosity. We use the example of his son being afraid to ask him about Generosity. He made the comment, I feel so guilty. I've not always been generous. I've always stiff-armed God. I feel so bad. And I told him, have you asked God to forgive you? He said, yes. I said, then forget the past. It's gone. Jesus forgave you. All our days means today going forward. Who cares what happened in the past? Look what he says here down in verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's today today, moving forward. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. God's going to be with you. I will not leave you. He won't leave you nor forsake you. Are you all in with God, all in with Jesus Christ? It means all the people, all the places God calls us, all our days. And number four, all God calls us to do. All that God calls us to do. Now, there are certain things in Scripture God does call all of us to do. We all love our enemies. We all love God first. We all follow the Lord each day. We all are led by the Spirit. We are all called to be generous. But there are certain things God calls you to do versus me. God called me to leave the engineering world and be a pastor. I won't always be a pastor. I'll be something else someday. If I retire, pass away, do something else. But that's my calling. You have your calling. To be all in means you're willing to do all that God calls you to do with open hands, listening and doing that. That's what he says. You need courage for that, by the way. He says, verse 6, be strong and of good courage. you got to have courage to do all that God calls you. For to this people... You shall divide as inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. It takes courage. It takes men and women and students who are very courageous in God. That you may observe to do according to all. Do all God calls you. To the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Follow the Lord. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, meditating on God's words, that you may observe to do according to all, all God calls you, that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. Guys, are you all in? To be all in means all the people, every single one of us, Going all the places God calls us, all our days, doing all God calls us to do. Here's the question I keep asking Will you commit to ask God? No financial commitment today, no time commitment today. That's coming in November and then in January. Will you commit to actually ask God with open hands, listen for the next several weeks, and do that? Two quick questions that might come up. You say, Well, what if I actually do ask God? What if I ask God? Here are three things that will change your life and other people's lives. If you ask God, you will grow spiritually. Spiritual growth will happen in you. See, the reason that the church is called from time to time to ask you to pray about this topic is that we're challenged to help you grow. There is no growth without getting in the discomfort zone. There's no spiritual growth without operating in faith in things you cannot see yet. There's no growth. Without sacrifice. And 2 Corinthians 8 talks about you growing spiritually. Matthew 6 says if you give, your heart and love will grow. Your love will grow. Your spiritual life will grow. And you're going to see God work. There's only two times in scripture God calls you to test him. One is with your giving. Malachi 3. Philippians 4 verse 9 says this. Philippians 4 verse 9 says God will provide everything you need. You will see God come through. There's a third thing that will happen. Lives will be changed. Many of us have been changed by the ministries, through the ministries of Grace Church, because other people before you took that challenge. They asked God with open hands, how do you read generous? They listened. They did that. They gave that. And your life is forever changed because somebody else asked that question. We're asking you, would you pray that? Listen to God. And if God calls you, pay it forward. See other people's lives transformed. Here's the number one Opposition. What is the number one opponent to all in? It is not a lack of resources, not a lack of time, not a lack of information, not a lack of inspiration. We got story after story of life change. Here is the number one opponent of all in: fear. This is what my friend told me. He says, what a, "I'm afraid to ask God. I'm afraid." That's what Joshua one nine says. Back in Joshua one nine, fear. God concludes with Joshua. Says, "Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good." courage. It takes courage to believe God. Do not be afraid. Fear is our opponent. Fear that if we ask God, he'll be mean to us. He will literally be capricious with us. He will undermine us versus love us and care for us, help us grow. Nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you. God is with you wherever you grow. The number one opponent to all in is fear. Fear. That's what 1 John 4, verse 16 to 18 says. If you believe God's love, it casts out fear. I would say the second opponent to all in. First one's fear. The second one is thinking to yourself, I don't have any reason to ask. I've got a really good plan for generosity. I'm not asking God. Overconfidence. Here's the question. Will you commit? Will you commit to ask God about your generosity? Will you listen? Will you do that? Take the next several weeks and say, God, I want to hear you about my financial generosity to you in December plus the next two years. Out of my current net worth and assets, savings, investments, out of the cash for the next two years. God, speak to me about my time. My time is my God or my abilities. And then share in November what God has been speaking to you about. Share in January what God's been speaking to you about from a time and ability side. And believe me your life will change. You will grow. Others will be transformed forever. In this moment, right now, would you listen to God and ask God and listen whether you should ask him this, whether you should commit today. Ask him, listen, and commit to the process.